0: And welcome to the podcast version of COS Live, a weekly program keeping you up to date on the Article 5 movement working to reclaim liberty in America. You can watch the original live broadcasts on Convention of States Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, and X. And now, here's COS Live.
1: Well, hello everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of COS Live. I'm Rita Peters, I'm the Senior Vice President for Legislative Affairs with Convention of States Action, and I'm also your host tonight for COS Live. I'm sorry to say, my trusty co-host Andrew Luge is out today, so I'll be going solo, but don't worry, Andrew's okay, just tending to some family obligations today, and we still have a great program for you. The first votes of the 2024 presidential election cycle will be cast next week. Can you believe it? We'll get an on-the-ground perspective on the reality of the situation, which candidates support COS, and what will happen next for the Convention of States movement in the Hawkeye state. Stick around until the end of today's episode for COS Live Mailbag as we respond to viewer comments and questions. I'm also sorry to say that Mike is on the road this week, so you'll have to wait until next week for a new game of Article 5 trivia. I know you all love that. But right now, something else you all love to keep you up to date with all things Convention of States I'll react to a new episode of COS Now. I can't wait to see what you have for us today, Producer G.
0: The new year is officially here, which means state legislatures are lining up to consider the Convention of States action legislation. Here are the states as of January 4th that now have active legislation for COS. Delaware, Illinois, Iowa, Massachusetts, Minnesota, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Vermont, and Washington. That makes 11 states that have introduced the Convention of States Action Resolution for the 2024 legislative sessions, with several more expected to be added to that list in the coming weeks. North Carolina, you may remember, has a two-year session and already passed our Article 5 application through the North Carolina House last year, now needing a successful vote from the North Carolina Senate. 19 states have already passed the Convention of States Action Resolution, with 15 more needed to trigger the first-ever Article 5 convention in order to propose term limits, fiscal restraints, and limits. On federal power to push your state towards the finish line, go to the Take Action page of the Convention of States.com website and click on your state to ask your state legislator to vote yes for COS. As of last week, the national debt in America has now surpassed $34 trillion, or about $259,000 per American household. What does $34 trillion mean? Well, according to the Peter G. Peterson Foundation, it's greater than the economies of Japan, Germany. The United Kingdom, India, and China combined. The national debt contributes to rising prices and economic malaise, not to mention waste and corruption. The unprecedented levels of government spending from previous years has resulted in $2 billion in tax dollars going towards paying interest payments alone every single day. A supermajority of Americans believe that Congress should balance its budget, but Congress has refused to do so for decades. The only realistic way to get it done is through an Article 5 Convention of the States. But don't take my word for it, new video surfaced of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis speaking in New Hampshire, and he perfectly articulates the strategic reason we need constitutional amendments through an Article 5 Convention.
2: Tax stars have gone to promote transgenderism in Bangladesh. Your money has gone to do some really crazy things, but part of the thing is how do you how do you actually do it? Like, fine, I'm not going to put that in my budget or whatever. But Congress slips this stuff in. There may be a big spending bill that's got a lot of stuff. Maybe you want, right? How do you how do you deal? I think we need structural reform to to actually make sure that this stuff doesn't keep happening. And. And doing these amendments under Article Five of the Constitution. So there's two ways you can amend the Constitution: uh, through the through the Congress with two thirds, or through two thirds of the states. Uh, two thirds of the states do it. Then we can do a um, uh, these amendments. So I think term limits, balanced budget, line item veto; those are all popular. You can keep going the way we do and just hope that we draw an inside straight at an election and that we have we're able to just make all these good. when we can make good decisions. Don't get me wrong, but then four, eight, ten years down the road. People can come in, they can change it, and they can start spending again. you got to have restraints on these people.
0: In addition to DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy has also officially endorsed our movement. We encourage all presidential candidates to announce their support for Convention of States. Citizens who would like to participate in that project can go to conventionofstates.com forward slash POTUS. Convention of States has announced the newest edition of COS at Home, which will feature Texas Congressman and COS endorser Chip Roy. You can watch that January 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Register for the webinar by visiting conventionofstatescom forward slash at home. And now you're up to date with Convention of States.
1: Wow. $34 trillion in debt. And you take a look at that debt clock that Producer G on the screen there, and it really starts to hit home. But, you know, somehow it seems like the bigger the number gets, in a way, the less real it seems to be. But I just wanna remind you all watching, it is real. This is real money that we're talking about. This is real debt that is going to be on the shoulders of our children and grandchildren and their children. But you know, as real as that debt and as real and big as that problem is, there is a solution that's just as real. And you heard Governor DeSantis talking about it there. It's the Article Five solution. It's the Article Five Convention of States. And that's why we're doing what we're doing at Convention of States. That's why millions of grassroots around the country have chosen to support and wanted to be a part of what we're doing because we are using the solution that the Founding Fathers gave to the states in Article 5 of the Constitution to propose amendments that will finally, meaningfully, really, and, you know, for all time, put the brakes on a runaway federal government. And so my challenge to you watching is be a part of it. Go to conventionofstates.com, sign the petition, click on the Take Action tab, and get involved with the movement in your state. You saw the other graphic that our application is already pending in a number of states. We've already passed in 19 states, and North Carolina, as you saw, is already halfway there as they start the year this year. So wherever you are, get involved. We need you, and you have an opportunity to be part of the solution. So now, folks, I'm really excited to bring on today's guest. We have Karen Schuster, who is a regional director for Convention of States Action, as well as the state director for COS in Iowa, which is a very important state this year. Karen, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you, Rita. Glad to be here.
1: Now, the Iowa caucuses are less than a week away, at least for the Republican side of the presidential equation. And there's been a lot of talk about polling, um, that this is a done deal. But history tells us that Iowans don't usually conform to what the media portrays. From what you are observing on the ground in Iowa, is the result a foregone conclusion?
3: Absolutely not. The only poll that matters is the presidential polling that we do at the Caucus of Iowans.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about what your experience has been with the Iowa caucuses. This isn't just showing up at a polling place and passing a ballot, right? So for those of us who don't have caucuses in our state elections, just tell us how it works.
3: Okay, absolutely. There's really two pieces to it. There's the actual caucus itself, and there are all the events that lead up to the first in the nation caucus. So I'll talk about the caucus itself first. This year's going to be a little different because the Democrats are holding a caucus, but they're not voting for their presidential preference. Instead, they're going to be doing that by mail-in ballot. That uh, breaks the long-standing tradition of, of how they did it. They would stand physically in groups in different areas of their room and then try to encourage others to join them until the one candidate reached the necessary majority. So the Republican caucus, however, remains unchanged. And except for the presidential poll part, it's probably very much like what happens in other states because it's a meeting held by the party for party members to elect their central committee members, to elect their county convention delegates, and to submit planks for their county's party. But it is the presidential polling that makes it different every four years. Two years ago, uh, I had three people come to my precincts caucus. This year, we're expecting, we're guessing 220. There are some precincts that will be twice that size. But those are just guesses. Since Iowa has a closed caucus, but you can register on the night of caucus, that means we're gonna be registering people to vote and registering people who want to switch to Republican on the night of caucus. Now I've heard independents at Iowa town halls and even at the state capitol yesterday talking about their plans to come to register as a Republican so they can participate in the caucuses. So that's gonna take a lot of patience and a lot of time for uh, to get that done before we begin the caucus. Caucus begins the Pledge of Prayer and then electing permanent chair and secretary, and then we begin the important work of the presidential poll. So in alphabetical order, each candidate can have a representative speak for them. The candidates themselves, a family member, or a high-profile supporter, such as COS endorser Chip Roy, who is in Iowa for the caucus, uh, will speak at the larger caucuses site for the candidates. Otherwise, it could be a person that's from the precinct, often someone who the campaign or a PAC has reached out to and identified as someone who will uh, give the talking points for that candidate. Then we write our, our vote on a paper ballot. We count those with representatives from each campaign able to watch the ballot counting. The count is then sent to the Republican Party of Iowa through a cell phone app, or if there's any uh, connection problems, they can call that in. And that is the very important part of the con- of the caucus. All eyes are on Iowa. And this report has to be correct because uh, that, that can affect a candidate's momentum going into the next state. So that's, that's the actual physical part of the caucus. Um, it, the experience of being in Iowa Leading up to uh, the caucus, I, I, I'm i originally, uh, I was born and raised in Missouri, so I've been in Iowa for 20 uh, plus years. I married an Iowan. Had I known that it was this much colder up here, maybe I would have put up a little more of a fight, but ended up moving to Iowa, and it, it's the place to be if you, if you uh, want to get into politics. So if it's okay, Rita, I'll, I'll talk about that experience, what it's like to be an Iowan. So- yeah, go for- Okay, great. Uh, well, I'll tell you, it's it's texts, it's emails, it's phone calls, it's flyers. I have an example from from one day's mailing here of uh, campaign flyers, and and that that's pretty frequently found in our mailboxes. Um, but the events leading up, this starts very early in Iowa, up to to two years. Every time our senior advisor Rick Santorum comes to Iowa, someone always asks him if he's running for president, and and that's because That's what presidential wannabes do. Not that he is, because he's not. But they come to Iowa. If you're involved in politics, you're going to see the candidates. They begin going to legislators and party fundraisers in 2022, testing the waters. Uh, Asa Hutchinson, Mike Pence were a couple that I remember running into at events. They began visiting the Capitol while it's still in session, January 2023. And until late April, early May last year when we were out of session. That's how we ended up getting uh, the endorsement from uh, presidential candidate Ramaswamy because he happened to be there when I was uh, regional director. Catherine Zamanik and um, Michael Ferris were at the Capitol as well. So in addition to the campaign and PAC events for the individual candidates, uh, the first Event that happens uh, that you'll see the candidates come speak at will be Senator Joni Ernst Roast and Ride in June. They were all there, but President Trump. Uh, we started with 15 candidates, and of course, we narrowed the field quite a bit. Uh, the Family Leadership Summit, who is which is run by our COS endorser Bob Vanderplatz, and the Republican Party's Lincoln Dinner uh, happened in July. Iowa State Fair in August, Governor Reynolds. Governor Reynolds held fairside chats. Candidates gave speeches at the Des Moines Register's political soapbox. They flipped pork chops and talked to fairgoers. Uh, so that was in August, September, the Iowa Faith and Freedom Fall Banquet. They spoke there. KCCI, a, a local television news station, uh, had held copy with the candidates beginning in October. Family Leadership Summit hosted their traditional Thanksgiving family forum in November. San and town halls began in December and continued through last week. So uh, most of the candidates, I think only President Trump has skipped most of those. He, he was at the Lincoln dinner, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, but he typically will hold his own events, especially if it's kind of on top of um, uh, Governor DeSantis's fair side chat or his in town halls. Then. And of course, the debates, including tomorrow's debate between uh, Governor DeSantis and Nikki Haley then President Trump has his own. Um, that's, that's kind of been a criticism of President Trump here in Iowa, that he's not taken questions at his town halls um, from the Iowans who had, would like to have a chance to ask him about some of his decisions during 2020. So um, don't know what that, that's going to mean. As I said before, nobody knows until we actually take take the voting. But it's uh, it's it's just a busy time and, and a great fun time, actually, <laughs> to be in Iowa.
1: Busy time sounds like an understatement, Karen. But I'm going to ask you to go out on a limb here and give us your prediction. Based on what you're seeing, who do you think will be the top three candidates and will it be
3: close? Okay, well, um, I know that we're... A- Pretty conservative state, so there's some support for Nikki Haley, but I don't think there's a major support behind her. I, I, I'm, of course, I could be totally wrong. I'm going to be just as correct, maybe as all the other polls you're seeing. President Trump has some very loyal followers. Uh, although Vivek Ramaswamy was was doing pretty well uh, back around in August at the State Fair. He, I think I mentioned before the the candidates also in their packs are also hosting all kinds of events. So during the state fair, he had a uh, you know free food and beer party, which uh, showed up a lot of the younger folks. But I'm I'm hearing many of those are starting to say, I don't think he's got the momentum, and I I, I, I'm going to to cast my vote for someone that I think can win that can beat Nikki Haley. So I, I see. Governor DeSantis picking up steam. Can he beat Trump? I don't know. Um, you know, uh, Governor DeSantis has a strong relationship with our very, very popular Iowa Governor Reynolds, and um, that has very big influence. And also, Bob Vanderplatz, who's very influential with the conservative vote here in Iowa, also endorses him. So, um, Governor DeSantis has, I think, 42. Of the ninety six Iowa legislators have endorsed Governor DeSantis, his team is all over the place. I've heard that uh, that no one no one has ever remembered ever seen such an organized ground team that Governor DeSantis has behind him and his pack, especially so maybe it will be Governor DeSantis i I, I guess that's my uh, my guess
1: <laughs> all right well, thanks for going out on the limb with us Karen. <laughs> Over the last several weeks, we've been encouraging our viewers to engage in Project POTUS. They can go to conventionofstates.com forward slash POTUS, P-O-T-U-S, to find out how we can encourage the candidates to publicly announce their support for COS. As you mentioned, some have done. We have official endorsements thus far from two of the candidates, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. All candidates, regardless of party, have been formally asked by our organization. We've received reports that some candidates have been asked by citizens in person, including Mike Pence, Chris Christie, and Nikki Haley. Two were squishy, one was opposed. But both DeSantis and Ramaswamy have been bold in their support for Convention of States on the campaign trail. So let's watch a couple of clips Producer G has for us The first is from Ramaswamy who is at the Iowa State Capitol, as you mentioned earlier, speaking with COS co-founder Michael Ferris. And then the second clip will be Governor Ron DeSantis speaking at a Second Amendment event in Iowa.
2: What's your position on Convention of States? I think we live in one of these 1776 moments where
0: we need to rediscover what it actually means to be American. It is internal to the Constitution. So a lot of people have a misconception about this. They think it's some sort of work around the Constitution. No, 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 This is within the Constitution for a reason. And the Constitution, the framers of the Constitution, they had a great forethought for periods just like this one. So I think, I think just getting that convention together, calling it alone, will have a useful function for
2: the country. And I challenge every other GOP candidate in this field to recognize the same thing. Great,
0: thank you so much, I appreciate it.
2: Thank you. Two ways to amend the Constitution, two-thirds of the Congress, and then the three-quarters of the states ratify, or two-thirds of the states, and then three-quarters of the states ratify. Um, and, And when you're talking about taking power away from DC, of course Congress isn't gonna do that. So Florida, we've already certified this stuff. I know a number of other states States have certified, but you have to think most people elected in Washington uh, are going to follow the incentives that are placed before them. They're not going to buck that for for kind of a higher higher calling. That's just not what happens. So we got to change the structure. We got to change the incentives uh, so that we can produce better outcomes over the long term.
1: So Karen, you of course reside in Iowa, where the candidates have been practically living for the last several months. <laughs> Have you or any other members of the Iowa team been able to participate in Project POTUS and actually ask candidates to support COS?
3: Well, I have to say that I took the video of Vivek Ramaswamy, so I suppose I participated in that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, with the, the 2A, I was at that rally, and it was our uh, volunteer, Scott Bates, who asked that question. And um, I was uh, at a fundraiser for our, our prime sponsor in the Iowa Senate, Senator Jesse Green, he endorses Governor DeSantis. So we, he asked us to have a table there. Governor DeSantis came over to our table. He pulled out a map of where we've made progress and he started pointing to states. So oh, I can help you here. I'll help you here <laughs> to different wow. states on the map. So uh, he's obviously very much a strong supporter. And uh I did ask uh Asa Hutchinson at the Iowa State Fair when he stopped by the booth and Mike Pence at the uh I believe he was at the, the Faith and Freedom Banquet. But they 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 were squishy. I I don't think they were really sure what what I was talking about. So
1: Yeah. I I really attribute the squishiness to just lack of, you know, full robust education and I don't blame them. They don't fully know about it yet. It's better not to come out and take a position. But we're going to keep working on getting them educated on COS. Now, I want to switch gears because you were recently promoted to regional director with COS Action, and congratulations on that. But as I mentioned, you're still one of the state directors there in Iowa, and I'm so glad you're staying in that role. We've had great momentum there over the past year or two with our Article 5 application, including gaining impactful endorsements from Bob Vander and Steve Dace. In 2023, our Article 5 resolution made it through committees in both chambers, but we didn't get to a full floor vote. So tell our viewers what's next for our legislation in Iowa, have there been any positive developments over the past few months that could help Iowa become state number 20?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we were put on unfinished business since we didn't get those full four votes. That kept us uh, alive, not having to resubmit, uh, and we will be and going back to the committees and working on that. But back in October, uh, Senator Rick Santorum, this ties into caucuses actually because he was a 2012 Iowa caucus winner he still has many connections in our state and he's very very popular well loved in Iowa he he came and visited with some uh, legislators in in their region and uh, he was uh, influential in switching their votes and I know he has plans to come back and with his help I believe that he can help pull us across the finish line uh, I, I think we have the votes in the Iowa Senate and we're just working on the remaining few in the House. Uh, keep us in your prayers, as we know that uh, it's, it's God's purpose that, that will prevail. So that that's where I think that we're headed in Iowa and hopefully we can get across the finish line.
1: I hope so. And I know you're gonna be working hard to help make that happen. Karen, before we let you go, tell the audience your OS story. How did you find out about Article 5 and Convention of States, and why did you choose to step up and take action?
3: Well, I homeschool my children, and I used Mike Ferris's constitutional literacy course. And the last uh, lesson on there is about Convention of States. So uh, that's how I learned about it. And I signed up for uh, the, I signed a petition, then shortly after that signed up to be a district captain with an IT background, uh, then was uh, moved into the state information analyst position. I, and I think there was just a need, so I, I just kept filling the need, a regional captain, and then and they needed a state director or legislative liaison. Uh, and, and I'm very passionate about it because I believe this is the only way Uh, that we are going to turn our nation around. The, the, The framers put this in the Constitution for when the federal government becomes oppressive. That's where we are now. This is the tool they gave us. And now is the time to use it.
1: Absolutely. Well, we are so grateful to have you, Karen. If our Iowa viewers and listeners want to help your current initiatives or come to an upcoming event in Iowa, How would you invite them to get involved and stay informed?
3: Well, uh, use the Contact Your Leaders form on our website, uh, or I think that's probably the best way if if you can't find uh, someone in your area, and that will direct it to uh, myself and our grassroots coordinator, and we will get in touch with you. And we are starting to work more events. But, uh, you know, there's a foot of snow out there now. No one's going anywhere. So check us out online.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Karen, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing all this great information about the Iowa caucuses, as well as our upcoming um, movement of the COS application in Iowa. Thanks.
3: Thank you, Rita.
1: And with that, we will move on to the COS Live mailbag. These are messages and questions from viewers like you. If you want to be featured in a future edition, drop us a comment on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. Our first question comes from Bill Bowers. Bill says, first time on one of these meetings, any news on Maryland or Delaware? Well, Bill, thank you so much for joining us, and we'd love to have you get involved with our Maryland and Delaware team. No big news out of those states just yet, but both will have legislation that we hope we'll move forward this year. So get in touch with your state teams at conventionofstates.com and we'd love to have you join us. Second comment comes from Alex Gallimore. Alex says, I'm glad to hear that Heritage is finally coming to the realization that we don't have to keep doing the same thing over and over again. So Alex, of course, is referring to the recent endorsement by the Heritage Foundation of Convention of States and I am so grateful for that endorsement, too. You're right, Alex. We don't have to keep doing the same things over and over. We don't have to just rely completely on elections um, to get the kind of reforms that we desperately need in the government because the Founding Fathers provided us with this constitutional solution to federal overreach in Article 5. And last comment for today comes from ArtBenhack8659 saying, Good show. Good questions, Rita. Each regional director is well-spoken and interesting. Great information on specific states. Well done. You make COS proud. Wow, that um, just is very encouraging to me. So thank you. We always appreciate your encouragement, and we're so grateful for you out there in the grassroots and your involvement. You are the engine that makes this thing work. And yes, we love our regional directors. They are wonderful, and they do great work for COS. So that's it for the mailbag, and that's going to close out this episode. Now, don't forget, there's a new episode of Crossroads on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Mark Meckler and I have just started a brand new series on Crossroads on social justice. So I think you're going to like it. Tune in for that. Also, tune in for the Battle Cry with Mark on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you don't mind, leave us a five-star review on our podcast because that helps us to reach more people with this message of hope. Congressman Chip Roy will join the next edition of COS at Home on January 17th. You can register for that program at conventionofstates.com forward slash COS at Home. And that's it for today. We'll see you next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of COS Live. Now, we've got a country to save, so it's time for us to get back to work. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you for listening to today's program. For information, please visit www.conventionofstates.com forward slash pod. That's www.conventionofstates.com forward slash pod.